0: Welcome back to another episode, uh, the final episode of season ten and a half of Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli.
1: I'm Jacob.
0: And, uh, yeah, we're finishing up season ten and a half, we're finishing up our little interlude into Star Wars Visions. We got four, count them, one, two, three, four Visions shorts we're talking about today. Uh, this is episode 84, if I hadn't already said that, um... And yeah, I'm I'm excited to get into these four, um, covering a wide swath of Star Wars stories. Like, like these are these four are very are not like even though they're part of the same project at, in Star Wars Visions, they are as different as Star Wars stories can be while still being insanely Star Wars. Yeah, I think absolutely. I uh, so. Yeah, we watched uh, the specific shorts we watched are the other Empire era, era um, shorts from Visions Tatooine Rhapsody, Toby One, Lopin' Ocho, and Akakiri. So I believe that's two, two, five, eight, nine of Visions Season One. Is that correct?
1: Uh I believe so, not sure. That two, sounds
0: 269, 2689.
1: Yeah, nine. there we go. There
0: Toby 1's not not 5, it's 6. Okay, yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah. Uh so Jake, do you want to just get into this or you have anything else? To yeah, say? what
1: do you uh No, I'm I'm ready. Ready to rock. We got some we got a bumpy road ahead, but it's uh it's going to be interesting to unpack it all.
0: So we're going to start off with Tatooine Rhapsody. Uh, made by Stulo... St- blah, 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 blah. Produced by Studio Colorado. Um, so, there is a... Um, so, we start off with this Padawan, this Jedi Padawan named Jay, who's voiced by, in the English dub, who's voiced by George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, uh, and he's escaping Order 66, he survived the Purge, um, and he eventually runs into this band, uh, and he becomes the lead singer of this band called the Star Waver, um, and they're a very successful band, but due to uh, their bassist, Gee's uh, pa- uh, past association with the Huts, him being one himself, they get themselves chased a lot down by Bounty Hunters, including at one performance, none other than Temora Morrison voiced. Boba Fett, um, Fett chases them, but he, they manage to get away, uh, to, uh, they, they managed to get away from Fett, um, but then, uh, uh, but, but then, uh, Fett, uh, chases them down and does manage to get Guy to go back to the Huts, who don't like the fact that he ditched their empire for music um and uh jay tries to stop uh fed by igniting his lightsaber but he does he's not in balance he can't do it um at what's supposed to be Gee's execution um it's uh we find out that uh jay and star waver have showed up there to give them one final concert and the concert is so good that uh they're hired to be java's official house band and gi's life is Bared. um so uh yeah uh produced by studio colorido um do you want to just get into this
1: yeah absolutely um hmm, where to start with this episode because this is a very <laughs> this is a very interesting episode
0: oh yeah um, it's, it's not your typical the least. star wars short but i I find yeah. it very endearing myself.
1: I did not find it endearing, unfortunately. I <laughs> wish I could say I wish I could say I had the, the same reaction. Um, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on it? Where do you wanna where do you wanna start? Anything that jumped out at you in this one?
0: Well, you know, I I will just say this. I, I know I, I love, you know, the the freshness of visions. I really do. I love that it's still the same themes and still some of the same objects and stuff like that, but it is a fresh take on Star Wars. But seeing the anime animation style of these studios and seeing characters you know and love is just awesome. Like, my I, I sat up when I saw Boba even I knew Boba Fett was coming, but I sat up when I saw him because I'm like, yeah, that feels like Star Wars to me. Uh, and, yeah. and Tem just sounded so good as Boba, and this was pre-Book of Boba that he did this, um, and I'm like, damn, I like this a lot.
1: Yeah, definitely a, a portent of uh, things to come, for sure. Um, yeah, personally, unfortunately, this one didn't really land for me. Um, I mean, I guess I want to, I'll start out, I'll try to give some positives. Um, I don't know about you, Eli. I we can definitely go into this. I love the idea of Star Wars, of there being Star Wars stories um, in all media forms that aren't just about, um, you know, the wars, the the battles, the conquests, the killing, the shooting, the slicing, but that there is life and culture and creativity and passion, and you know this whole other universe, and the violence is only one side of that. I think that's definitely something we don't see enough of in Star Wars. That being said, I just did not enjoy, for whatever reason, I just didn't enjoy the execution of this, unfortunately.
0: I can understand that. My thing is, like, the 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 sort of, like, the power of music being a source of hope and, like, turning the tide of stuff. Like, you wouldn't think of that as Star Wars, but, like... It's just somehow, for me, I don't know, it just somehow works. It just... Yeah, um, yeah I understand that, that sometimes the, like... Like, this This is so incredibly different. Like, even though this does have Boba Fett and Jabba and the the arena that the Potteries is held in and Bib Fortuna, this is not your typical Star Wars story. This is very much the black sheep of visions like and i'm not saying that is a bad thing i'm saying i'm just saying like the other ones are very much about the jedi and combat you know the duel the twins the village bride ninth jedi toby one yeah elder the
1: same yeah at the same time though i just want to say it also feels like this one is the most it is the most grounded in the star wars from from an aesthetic and a world building perspective, it definitely feels by far the most grounded in the Star Wars, the classic Star Wars that we know. Yeah. Of all of these, I would say.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It, it, this one is very grounded. Like a lot of them are very mystical, but this one is, you know, there are there is a Jedi in this one as the main character. There is a lightsaber, but we never tap into that mystical side. It's very much about, you know, making your way in the galaxy um getting your pay doing your job um yeah yeah. Uh, i thought gi being a a not like awful hut was a really interesting twist on that species
1: yeah i'm always i'm always very down for um you know when they when they make a species that is usually either you know an evil species or a, a somewhat um I guess you could say a, a somewhat less front and center species when they give those characters from the species a little more a little more breathing room. I'm really a fan of that you know a good hut maybe we see a good a good Trandoshan somewhere um maybe like a really Here in yeah like like maybe maybe I what I really want is a a really really super cool competent badass Athorian Thorian and no the guy that Boba Fett uh sorry the guy that Cad Bane shoots in the uh on the um yeah the, that guy from the Clone Wars that Cad Bane shoots he doesn't count no does but you know who Disney. does count
0: Jacob <laughs> you know who does count and Alden Diaz would kill me if I didn't say this because it's, his, it's one of his club shadows Roran Karab from the Gandhi Tartakovsky Clone Wars
1: that is true that is true I love I love that character I love the the Tartakovsky Clone Wars um and I was actually watching, um, funnily enough, I was actually watching the honest trailer for the Tartakovsky Clone Wars earlier today, um, just on a whim because that's idle on YouTube, and it really resonated with me um, how they expressed enthusiasm for um, some of the some of the side characters like Wolfman and um, the Athorian, and I that really resonated with me. Um, so with I I, I know I'm not alone.
0: Now I, don't I need know to know who the
1: Wolf Man is. Mon. Volvivmon. Volvivmon. I mean, he's freaking badass. No matter what. Uh, he's, he's, he's a Wolf Jedi, um,
0: and of yeah. course we can't forget the the Immortal Shaggy.
1: Yeah, I mean a Wolf Jedi might even I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping the gun, but I might like that idea even better than a Wookiee Jedi. I don't know. Hard to say.
0: <laughs> I'm not but... sure, but uh, anyway, um, but yeah, uh, let's see what else. Um... I, I also really love of of uh, of course, um, Jay during the chase has a bad feeling about this, yeah, you know stuff like that really grounds it in Star Wars. Um, I I also just like really love the whole like Jay's lightsaber not igniting uh, when they're gonna face Boba Fett. Like he just tries to turn it on, but he just can't.
1: Yeah, it was definitely I enjoyed kind of how they they subverted. They subverted the expectations one might say <laughs> of that moment, and instead of you know the the heroic Jedi you know igniting his lightsaber and standing up, it kind of turned that on its um on its head. Very similar to um very similar to what happens with Ezra a couple of times um in his visions with the Inquisitor. That was something that that came to mind for me. Um, yeah, yeah, I really love. As much as I, I didn't care for the execution of it in terms of, I guess, just the animation style, the overall story, some of the voice acting, the music to me wasn't the best. It felt a little bit generic. Um, as, much, as much as I could say all that, I really love the idea of you know being able to find value in your life as a Star Wars character in Star Wars, I really like how they're showing that that there's value and meaning outside of trying to be the one to uh to save the world at least through being a warrior and you just might end up as it happens here you just might end up doing some uh something good uh regardless through a form that isn't fighting yeah you know
0: absolutely i i it's it's a really it's a really like it's it, it's such an offbeat one, but I think it, it really works, at least for me. Um, I, I don't know about the, but I don't know about you, but like the whole like when Guy is given up to the Huts and Jay says I can't just abandon him, I'm like oh yeah, this is classic Star Wars stuff. Um, yeah, I can't give up, and that's head.
1: actually, yeah, that's amazing. I didn't see the connection before, but yeah, you know, he literally tries to face Boba Fett with his lightsaber, and his lightsaber doesn't turn on. But that he, but then he ends up bringing the house down with this, um, with his uh, his concert that uh, that makes everyone uh, everyone go wild, makes uh, makes um, Jabba go wild. Um, so yeah, you know, you never know. There you go.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's, um, it's, it's, it's just a really really fun uh, short. I, I really really like it. Um, it. It's just like I don't know. I think maybe because I'm a musician myself, like it just connected to me, connected with me like that much more. But yeah, seeing Boba Fett ship, seeing um, Old Ben's hut. Did you see that shot of Old Ben's hut? Yeah, makes me wonder like great, exactly uh... when this would have been set because at a certain timeline, uh, Obi Wan would have probably pulled a Nari on Jay um uh and t- tell him to like bury his past as a Jedi and Jay did that but he still managed to bring hope to the galaxy
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um so yeah I would say I mean what do you, what are your overall thoughts on this how do you like this one
0: it's not one of my favorites it's not one of my least favorites it's a fun one it's fun I like it a lot I feel actually a lot about the, about Tatooine Rhapsody like I do about Solo in my normal Star Wars rankings. It's fun. It has some good things to say. Not my favorite. Not my least favorite.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say. Unfortunately, I didn't like it. Um, but it did. It did have something very good to say. Um, even if I found even if I found it borderline insufferable at times. Um, so yeah, definitely not the worst thing in the world. Definitely not the worst thing in the world.
0: And in and in Jacob's uh, camp, that is a glowing
1: review. Um... <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yes, I am a bit of a Star Wars grump, as I have, as I have um, discovered about myself. Um, but if we are going on to the episode uh, Tob One, yeah, Tob um, One, we may find out that that is not always the case.
0: I think we're gonna flip on this one because I think I... we're gonna
1: flip on this one. I have a feeling. Because you already you already told me um earlier that this was your least favorite of the batch.
0: Uh, actually, um, that's not true.
1: Oh, you flipped again. Okay, okay, never mind. We'll uh, see. Okay. We'll see.
0: It's my second least favorite. The science Saru ones don't work for me.
1: Okay then. Okay then. Maybe we'll still, maybe we'll still have a, a shocking, uh, reversal of a opinion where I like something more than you do.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, um, but in any um, case, T O B one in T O B one, there is this, boy droid. Named TOB1. Uh, he is the creation of a Professor Mataka. They live on a remote planet um, where Professor Mataka is working with his droid creations to terraform the planet and bring it life. To- Toby1, however, uh, dreams of becoming a Jedi. Um, so uh, Mataka tells him to find a Kyber crystal. While searching for the kyber crystal, TOB1 turns on Mitaka's ship, thereby alerting what I believe is an inquisitor to the presence of Mitaka on the planet. When the inquisitor arrives, we find um, out that Mitaka is a Jedi. They fight. TOB1 hides um, on the instructions of Mitaka. However, Mitaka is... Killed. Tob1, however, resolves to continue Mataka's life's work, continue his father's life's work, and terraform the planet. However, right as he finally succeeds and brings life to the planet, the Inquisitor returns to hunt him down, saying, I will not allow you to become a become a threat. They fight, and midway through the fight, Tob1 has a vision um, in which uh, Metaka comes to him in this vision. He reveals that the kyber crystal was within him all along, activating TOB-1, or Toby nows his full Jedi powers. He then defeats the Inquisitor. And that is that.
0: B-1 is made by uh, Sainz Saru, um, which also made Akakiri. Um... But yeah, I want to hear your thoughts about this one. Because this one is definitely... The, like, if I could dissect one of these, I could, I would probably go with this one because this one is just, there's a lot of good in it for me and there's just some stuff that doesn't work.
1: Yeah, so my thoughts on this, I think it started out for me, it definitely started out a bit on the slow side, um, however, I really think it picked up, um, I think this actually was one of the better episodes for me, Maybe perhaps one of the best that I, of all the visions that I've watched. Um, I think just to go through things I like about it, obviously, as we've discussed it, we can go through in further detail. But to sum it up, I think I really liked the animation style. It was very cool. It was very unique. I thought the action was very well done. Um, it was a really interesting premise. I think some of the stories, um, a, a couple of the stories of uh, visions are pretty cliche. However, this one definitely story felt very fresh. Definitely didn't, uh, definitely was never rolling my eyes or thinking, man, I've, I've seen this one too many times before. Um, I think the vision scene is absolutely jaw dropping. Um, yeah, I definitely think this was the best one that I've watched so far for those reasons. Okay. Also, I just like the idea of a, a, a droid dreaming of being a jedi. and it's and it's really cool also how oh,
0: freaking course you do.
1: They kind of in this, they they kind of toe the line between droid and and human and you know when when does a robot become a person? And I mean, there's a whole other discussion, especially within Star Wars, to be to be had about that. and that may take us too far off the rails, but that could be a very good discussion for another time.
0: It could be a very good discussion, and it's that exact discussion that turns me off of this.
1: <laughs> I knew it. I knew it.
0: Yeah. My thing is, I like this this short a lot. I think it has some really interesting messages, and I think it, 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 it executes its story very well. My brain cannot do the droid-jedi thing. Like, I really want to be able to, but my brain just can't do it. Like, you know... For me, the Force repre- represents um, uh, the Force represents all life in the universe, and droids obviously don't have life. And I'm not saying, by the way, th- there's there's an extrapolation of this where I'm saying, oh, the T O B one writers don't understand Star Wars. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they have a different interpretation of Star Wars than I do, which is completely and utterly fine everyone does no one's interpretations of star wars are exactly the same that's what makes it special i'm just not exactly sure if i agree with this one that's Um,
1: perfectly fair i think also for me part of enjoying these is being able to i think kick back a little bit in the knowledge that this isn't that this doesn't have to tie in to everything and i think watching it with the knowledge that it is just a little, a little standalone thing, just to just to be fun, um, I think definitely makes it a little bit, um, a little bit um, more enjoyable. I would say.
0: Yeah, I I, I understand that, it, and and I think a lot of the, like there's a lot of good stuff in here. For me, like all my problems come down to the. It's a droid Jedi thing. Like that's that's literally my only issue yeah. with it. But it's more than a bit glaring for me. Uh, but like I freaking like that they that they did an that they did an inquisitor in visions. Like yes, please. That inquisitor looked great, and I love seeing them. I'm gonna call I'm gonna call him the 327th brother until they give me another canon name, because I'm gonna uh, relish any opportunity to put 327 in, in into Star Wars where I can. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, I I thought I thought it was I thought it was uh, fantastic. Uh, the the Inquisitor was fantastic. Uh, I again there was there was a there there is a there's a lot that I really do like about uh, this. Um, I will say in keeping with some uh, visions traditions. Uh, one of the droids one of the other droids that uh, Mitaka keeps does say I have a bad feeling about this. Um, yeah, what I actually really think of is interesting about this one is how much it plays into that Jedi fantasy, you know what I mean? Like we oh absolutely. See, yeah. We see at the beginning of the arc that I think this is very intentional on their part that uh, we see at the beginning of the story that that the world that they're on has two sons. Yeah. And I think that very much plays into the oh, I want to be that one day. I want to save the galaxy. I want to I want to be a source of hope.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think it's very interesting, especially in a, in a time when there's more and more kind of um, when there's more and more moral ambiguity um being injected into Star Wars um, and a lot of popular movies and and culture at large. It's very interesting to see um that we have it's very refreshing I'd say to see someone who has a really kind of rosy vision of the Jedi and, and what it means to be a Jedi. you know you have so many people like a, like Trace and Rafa Martez, for example, so many people who have that vision of the Jedi. That's really been pushed, you know, um, the perception of the Jedi by by non-Jedi as um, they're these dangerous, mysterious sorcerers, or they're elitist, or you know, they don't care about the common people. It's really, it's among that among the way it's presented today. It's pretty unique, I would say, in Star Wars to have to have such a um, such a rosy outlook on the Jedi.
0: I think that's a good point. I I feel like Toby 1 is very much the embodiment like the expanded version of the the boy to Mary Black at the end of Last Jedi. The yeah. guy who looks up at the who looks up at the stars and dreams of being a Jedi himself like that feel, this feels very much like an extension of that. Um mm-hmm. yeah. but I actually don't know if you noticed this, but the movie they don't the Disney era Star Wars movie that they don't that they reference Uh, so much in this short is not Last Jedi but indeed uh, the one that came before did you notice how much much they referenced Rogue One in this?
1: I didn't notice. Where where, where were the references?
0: Well, Mitaka says I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me
1: That's true. Although we have seen that outside of Rogue One now
0: Yes, but like that's the it originated in
1: Rogue One That is is fair, yeah
0: Um, Also, did you notice the Inquisitor's TIE Fighter?
1: I did notice, yes, I, I knew I knew that design from somewhere. It's a Tire from Rogue um, One. Yeah.
0: Um, so I found it interesting that there were a bunch of Rogue One references, among other things, with this. Um, I don't know, just very, very interesting, uh, because Rogue One is not about the Force at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But actually, you know what? I want to get into this. Let me ask you a few questions. Is Toby one force sensitive? Is Toby one alive? What are the differences between droid sentience and human sentience?
1: Those are all very good questions. And I have to say, I think the answer is, does it really matter? That'd be the answer for all of them, to be honest. Because we have this short, and we know that Visions is kind of a no-holds-barred, suspend disbelief, um, rule of cool kind of interpretation of the Star Wars universe. So I would kind of challenge, does that even matter? OK. I mean, for for the sake of it, let's, let's take a stab at it. So yeah. Is Toby one force sensitive? I can't remember, I can't recall specifically if he if they showed him like definitively using using the force. Um but I don't know, what do you think? Because obviously the force energy field surrounds all living things. But there's also you know the the cosmic force, so the unifying force, which it binds everything together on a much higher level so you could argue that just because he is not alive doesn't mean that he isn't one of the uh, luminous beings that uh, that yoda describes um you know if he has if he has consciousness if he has feelings if he has hopes and dreams you know who's, was, who's really to stay
0: i was thinking about actually that scene from yoda in empire and one of the things he says, is, you know, the Force connects everything. Um, the tree, the ship, the rock. Now, notice something about two of those three. The ship and the rock aren't alive. But Yoda specifically yeah. says the Force connects through them. So yeah. I'm starting to, I mean, I believe there that living things do have a heightened importance in the living Force. But on the scale of the cosmic Force... You know, I think of all the crazy coincidence, weird coincidences that have happened to C-3PO and R2-D2. And yeah, obviously, I mean, behind the scenes, most of them are for plot reasons. But in-universe, you know, you could wonder, is that the Force?
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I think, to be fair, A Rock definitely, to me at least, falls in a different, as much as I... I'm not closing the door on saying that Toby is force sensitive or Toby one is force sensitive. At the same time, a rock, I think that's something that's just naturally created, you know, through natural process, through sedimentation, through metamorphic processes, um, yeah. you know, I could see whatever it may be. And it's a little, it feels a little bit different if it's something that's been, you know, Manufactured and put together but part the by ship. part. Yeah, yeah. But the ship, yeah, and also, you know, the way that the animation, the way that the art is done, I think, whether it's intentional or not, and I think it, it would, it would, I, I actually think it would be giving so little credit to say that it was unintentional, but I really think they, they really pushed the 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 line and blurred the line in between. Droid and living being, you know the way they portrayed him, the way they gave him so many soft lines, expressions. They portrayed him as one would portray a person, Um, yeah. Much closer to another living character than to C three PO, R two D two, K two S -S 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 O, any 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 droid that I can that I can think of that we've seen in Star Wars. So. I think it's entirely possible. I think it would be very cool, um, and I think that's the great thing about Visions, is that, you know, it's a, a I don't want to say, yeah, it's kind of a, it's a safe way to try out new ideas for Star Wars.
0: Yeah. This is a very much the most, the, the the short where the lines are the most blurred, and, you know, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm saying if you like that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that really depends on how much this short is going to work on for you.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I, 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 I personally a, very much enjoyed it.
0: I think I'm a bit more hesitant on it, but it's not like I don't enjoy it. There's there's some really great stuff in this. Um, like, I honestly applaud their move to kill Mataka, because I didn't think they were going to do that. I, I, I watched this in a while, and I forgot that they killed him. I'm like... No, that's yeah, I, I
1: was, I was surprised. It was, I think, it was a, a really, um, a really good choice. You know, it it really genuinely caught me by surprise because of the way this episode. You know, it felt so, it felt so cute and soft and, and safe and borderline utopian at the beginning. And, and to do that, um, really it. Really, and, took, it really yeah. took it to a different space. It's
0: very like a young, uh, person's level. Like, yeah. like a YA level, but then they just straight up killed Mataka and I'm like, whoa,
1: Yeah, this took yeah, on a
0: second meeting.
1: Um, I love the, um, I don't know if you caught this, but I can't remember, shoot, I didn't write down exactly how Mataka said it, but he did have pretty much his own version of the line, Adventure, Excitement, a Jedi Craves, Not These Things. I
0: did catch that, I didn't write I the if you exact caught that, line I was down, like, but I did catch that, yeah. That was
1: very, that was very, very cool. Um. And, yeah, overall, I mean, what did you think of the, because um, you haven't really talk, talked much about the visuals. What did you think of the the animation style for this one?
0: I thought it was good. I, I wasn't, like, like I know I think you particularly like it. I'm not, like, I don't think it's the best. Like, like, I don't think it's maybe my favorite animation in Visions, but it's definitely not my least favorite. Like, I guess I don't pay as much attention to the animation as... Uh, Unless it really stands out in something like *The Village Bride* or *The Twins*, um, to me. But yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah, I I really liked, you know, with a lot of these animations, you know, it felt very more on the kind of hard-edged, gritty, um, almost almost like rougher, violent feeling. Um, Animation with the art style, so I really liked how it was very soft and it fit Star Wars. It filtered the Star Wars aesthetic really well. I thought better than most of the, the Visions episodes did. I think, you know, we had that dreamlike, um, the dreamlike opening scenes of Mataka's house, the terraforming, um, the fight scenes. I thought were very rich and captivating, and oh my gosh. I just have to gush about the vision scene for a moment because I was absolutely jaw dropping. Definitely, I don't know about you, Eli, but I definitely saw a bit of world between worlds in there in the scene when he's talking to uh to Mithaka. I saw a bit of um when Ezra, you know, he, when he finds his kyber crystal, it definitely evoked that for me. Um, it was uh, it was really well done? I I genuinely just that episode made me sit up or that that scene kind of for me took this episode um, to a to a whole new level um, and this episode honestly but yeah I think to complain about a lack of interest in in intricacy in the plot would be a would be missing the point because um, I think this episode is is fantastic from a from a standpoint of um, you know, asking asking the viewers some questions and, and giving some them some eye candy along the way.
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't paying a ton of attention to it, but like I, I do remember it did feel very world between worldsy. Not just in this short, but I also feel like in one of the other shorts we're gonna talk to there was some world between world uh parallel stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah, I don't really think I have much more to say about Toby one. Uh, do you have much more uh, before we get to Lop and Ocho?
1: Mm, no, let's, let's do Lop and Ocho. Let's get into it.
0: Lop and Ocho. Um, in Lop and Ocho, the world of Tau is struggling to modernize. Um, they have a bunch of resources on their planet. So the Empire invades uh, and uh, in exchange gives them uh, the tools they need to modernize their society um and during, the, d- during the takeover shortly after the takeover um uh, a uh, somebody who is enslaved a young girl who was enslaved by the Galactic Empire escapes her name is Lop and she is adopted by this this man named Yasaburo and his daughter Ocho um and she becomes a part of their clan and their family um uh, we flash forward about seven years into the future, um, and Ysaburo is ge- growing more and more concerned about the Empire's power over not just the planet of Tau, but also their clan, uh, and starts gathering up some, some people, uh, very a la Saguerra to resist the Empire's occupation. Uh, the Empire catches winds of this. And recruits um, his own daughter, Ocho, to try and talk him out of it. Uh, and o- Ocho tries to talk him out of it um, very uh, unsuccessfully. Uh, uh, but then Lop and Ocho are driving on a road towards um, an Imperial checkpoint. And, and uh, o- o- Ocho chooses right then to betray Lop and her dad. Uh, all of her family for the Empire, joining them. Uh, Lot manages to escape and go back. Goes back to her father uh, and tells her the uh, and tells him the news. Uh, and uh, he gives her the family lightsaber. Uh, it's explained that that a Jedi long ago visited the planet of Tao and left um, a lightsaber with and left their lightsaber with one of Yasaburo's ancestors, and it's been passed down from generation to generation. Uh, and uh, uh, and Yasaburo hands that down to Lop, um, and then he goes off to try and uh, work things out with his daughter. Uh, that, su- that, that does not succeed. Uh, she manages to uh, cut off his only good eyes, so now he's permanently blind. But then um, Ocho and Lop duel, um, Lop um, saying that uh, Ocho saying that Lop isn't even a part of the family and shouldn't get involved with it. Um, and the and the duel ends with uh, Ocho escaping onto an imperial transport, uh, and Lop once again viewing a transmission that they had played at the start of it. That that was young Ocho saying what a nice family they would be. And now I'm crying. <laughs> Lopinoccio is made by Gino Studio. Um, I got to admit this to, to you. I forgot how much I love this one. Like, it's so good. It just works for me. I really do love this.
1: I wish I could say I love this one. Oh my god, are really you kidding would. me? I really didn't enjoy this one. I, it wasn't all bad. I thought I loved the message. Um, obviously, you know, obviously, found family. It's a huge message in Star Wars. Inheritance it's has us. nothing
0: to do with blood. Yeah. By the way, uh, that was the part that I liked. Hey, all you anti-nine stands! Inheritance has nothing to do with blood. Sorry, I need to say that. It's
1: something us Star Wars podcasters um, can't seem to stop talking about. Um, I thought to say something positive off the bat, the animation, I know I'm a sucker for background scene, the background shots, the environmental shots, that watercolor in the background, absolutely gorgeous, rich, downright jaw-dropping. But unfortunately, that was one of the only things that I could find to like about it. I just thought it was so much drama. So little substance aside from the uh the little uh the little found family bit um and the fight the fight scenes were good too to be fair um i don't know let's just i'll, I'll hand it over to you for now Like, what are, what do you want to what do you want to say You're going what have down you got path for us? I can't
0: follow <laughs> um, I... and
1: everything well everything is now returned to normal in, in a galaxy yeah. everything mm-hmm. is now returned we have, we have, to the we... way it should be down so, is now
0: down and up is back to up, so we're order has been up. restored. Order has yeah. been restored. No, <laughs> I, I, like my thing is I think the found family stuff in this works so incredibly well. Uh, I think he does as well. And I and I and I love the. I also just love honestly. I think you know Ocho has a lot of anger in her and she does want to protect her family, but I think that Yasaburo, I, uh, I think it's um. A little overlooked in this because I really do think he wanted the best for his family. I think he 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 is one of the better fathers we're seeing the one of the better parents we're seeing in Star Wars. Again, given parents in Star Wars not saying much, but uh, but I I really I really appreciated I, I just felt like a lot of like I thought the voice actors for Lop and Ocho especially just killed the darn story. Um, and and I, I love that, like, very much, and this is something we'll get into with um, Akakiri as well, that Ocho, in trying to protect her family, tears it apart. You know, she goes so far to try and protect her family, so far to do what she thinks is right, that she ends up making things more wrong. That's a very, very Star Wars story to me. Yeah, it
1: absolutely is. Um, And I think the, you know, the bit about progress is, is interesting, um, as well, you know, the, the argument about, you know, progress over, um, progress over everything, progress over, uh, progress over, um, you know, keeping things the way they have been, um, is progress worth it when um when it comes at the expense of um the health and well-being of the world it's an interesting question
0: yeah um i also really like the idea with the found family aspect i also just love like again the found family ysaburo and lop i mean i guess lop and ocho as well but like that's a different story stays together but the blood family ysaburo and ocho splits apart and I think that raises a lot of really interesting conversations about you know Yasaburo apologizes to Lop, Uh I don't know if you remember this in the middle saying I'm sorry if it ever looked like I preferred Ocho over you.
1: Yeah, that was and definitely yet, a touching moment. I can't lie. Ocho,
0: and yet she's the one who leaves. Yeah. It in, in, in the typical scenario, what you'd think would happen is Lop would leave, but no, Ocho is the one who leaves, um, and I, I think it's really interesting to, you know, I, I think there's, there's a really interesting idea that even though Isaburo's love for, for his daughter, Ocho, is unconditional, Um, and I I truly believe the same is, uh, is true for Ocho to her father, though maybe not by the end, I'm not sure. Um, I think it, I think there's an interesting message that you have to, you know, even, like, there is a very much, like, inheritance is just as good as blood with this story, but there's also, like, blood doesn't fix everything. Just having a blood relationship, sister, father, whatever, doesn't fix anything. Everything, you still need to work to maintain your relationships. Yeah, blood absolutely. isn't an end-all, be-all. Um, and I think that's a really interesting flip side of the uh, of the found family message that Star Wars often sells. Um, and, I, and I really like, I, I really like that. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of, like, I also love the stuff about lightsaber inheritance because I just find it so interesting, like, you know, when, um, uh, when Ocho tells Lop she shouldn't even have a lightsaber because she's not really officially a part of the family. Um, you, uh, you know, it reminds me of Kylo in Force Awakens, that lightsaber belongs to me. Um, uh, with Finn. Uh, and he, he definitely feels a family... Importance to that lightsaber, but should he have it? Should he not? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, I, I think it's really interesting.
1: I love the idea of of a family lightsaber too, because um, it totally kind of turns it flips around. You know, the idea of the Jedi as this organization that doesn't even if they're not Jedi themselves who have the lightsaber, the Jedi not being you know being no attachment no family um train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose all of a sudden this becomes a symbol of familial bonds being passed down from generation to generation it's it's almost like the dark saber it really is like the dark saber actually
0: yeah i i I really like the I, i really do like the um Emphasis on family and how important the bonds of family are in this. I, I like, I like, like the tradition and the family. How that is very important. I feel like that is a very Japanese cultural message, and I think it's it's a really interesting one. Being being raised not in that kind of culture myself, um, I, I think it's 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 heartwarming to see their emphasis on that.
1: Yeah. I think. Anna, do you have any other thoughts or can i give my closing
0: um i think i might have a few i, I actually really All do right, go, like for it, for it. I, I really do like the fact that that it is it is one of those classic empire rebellion stories like like if you break it down to its simplest part it's a rebellion empire story and it's a father versus child story which is which are both classically star wars and it flips the mm-hmm. uh the father child relationship on its head, because I would argue that Yasaburo is viewed as the good guy in this. As opposed to Luke and Gator. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess Han and Kylo also broke the mold, uh, and Leia and Kylo in the sequel trilogy, uh, but, you know, we're, we're, we're used to the, the, the child having to save the father or the parent from their long gone ways but now it's the parent having to save the child from their own mistakes which i think is really interesting
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um so yeah i think for me it, it wasn't all bad um maybe i was a little harsh i definitely didn't enjoy it very much i thought it was quite i don't know it felt a little overblown um for what it was, but um there were there was some nice there was some nice messaging in there. Obviously it was gorgeously done. Did you notice that um Lop, Lop's eye hologram um had a had like a carrot insignia on the side? Did you notice that?
0: I didn't but that's funny. <laughs> Just um, gonna
1: say that's like that felt like a very um what's the name of the green bunny from, from early Star Wars comics Jackson. Jackson. That yeah. that felt me. that felt like a very Jackson-y uh type of touch yeah, to me, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so, so,
0: so.
1: I, no, I think. Start ahead.
0: Uh, I was also gonna say I love um, also Yosaburo says Dank ferric in the. Story. He does
1: say in, Dank Ferrick. That was pretty cool, and
0: we, we, which is really cool when you think of how soon this let because Mandalorian was 2019, and they had enough time between then and 2021 to put in Dank ferric. Like I think that's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was awesome um i think for me ultimately the thing that was the undoing of this episode is it really didn't feel like star wars um i think a lot of the visions episodes you know they kind of they tow this line of um is it star wars or or not is it star wars is it star wars that's filtered through something else Or that's being filtered through a style and an ethos that isn't traditionally associated with star wars or is it something else being filtered through star wars and to me it felt too much like the latter where although it was undeniably gorgeous and and there were a lot of cool moments to me it felt like how do i say this how do i how do i put this it felt like it was more something else with a veneer of Star Wars on it rather than a true blue Star Wars story. If that makes sense. That's not to say it's bad. And on topic here. It just wasn't I what don't... I was hoping for. <laughs> okay
0: um, um no, no no i'm joking uh no but i i i think i like this a lot more than you and that's that's totally fine we have different star wars tastes as has been established in all 84 of these god darn episodes we've done
1: yes as has um, been established
0: uh, but no i I, re- I really do love this I, I actually disagree with the i i it still feels very star wars to me it has those redemption choices family all those great themes that are at the heart of especially the original trilogy i feel like um uh but I uh, yeah. But let's do, do we want to go on to Akakiri?
1: Akakiri, let's get it. Um, so,
0: Were you going to do it or do you want me to do it?
1: Uh I can try. I yeah, can go or ahead. if you if you want to do it. Um, no, I don't want so to. So <laughs> Akakiri follows the story of a Jedi named Tsubaki. Tsubaki crash lands on an unknown planet. Um He fights off these unknown alien bandits who are coming to plunder the ship. Um, However, he collapses from a painful force vision. He awakens in a cave to find Princess Misa. Um, He reveals that he came to the planet Um, or he came following an attack against Misa's father, um, to aid Misa in defeating Masago, who is a Sith Lord hiding among the royal family of this planet. Misa and Tsubaki then begin their travels back to the palace, accompanied by their two guides. Um, uh, Misa is now, however, in exile, so they need the guides to find a safe um, a safe route back. Tsubaki, um, when they are surrounded in the mountains, discovers a path, um, but the guides say that the path is the place of the gods, saying that those who enter do not return, or they are persuaded to enter for an extra 500 credits tacked onto their pay. Um, One of the guides gets lost, but Tsubaki finds him, and the group reaches their destination. Um, Tsubaki, however, at this point, suffers from another force vision. The next day, Tsubaki and Misa, they find their way into the palace. They share a quiet moment. There's a flashback scene. Um, However, Masago, the the Sith Lord who now rules the planet, interrupts um, and she uh, fights Tsubaki. They have a lightsaber duel um, and Masago tortures Tsubaki um, using the dark side and tries to get him to uh, join her, um, and throughout all this, Subaki is flashing back to a conversation with his master. Um, but uh, in the in the vision, um, or not in the vision, um, um, Masago sends uh, masked warriors at him. He uh, defeats these warriors. Um, However, he unmasks the final warrior and finds out that it is actually Misa, who is now uh, dead um, and he is responsible. So um, he takes his uh, role as um, Masago's apprentice um, with the power to, uh, to save Misa from death granted in return. Um, and then Tsubaki leaves with his new master.
0: So, this is made by Science Saru. Yeah. um, The same studio that did did Toby One. Do you want to start with this one? I don't know if I should start with this one because.
1: Yeah, I'll start. Um, Okay, so. mm, I honestly wasn't a big fan of this episode, I have to say. Yeah, me neither. Definitely not. Yeah, not my favorite of the Science Saru episodes. Um, again, I feel like the problem is that this episode feels a bit more of Star Wars ideas taken as inspiration, as a seedling for something else, rather than other creators kind of contributing to Star Wars. No, that, that's not right. I, yeah, I just think it strays a bit too far again in places, um, but again, the animation, um is gorgeous and it's interesting how even within science are the two episodes um obviously have completely different aesthetics you know yeah absolutely um, toby very brightly colored soft um kind of comforting um this episode very very bleak dark grimy a lot of dark uh dark grays browns and reds in the palette um so it's very cool to see how different it is i will say that um
0: Am I going to be the yep. first to mention this one?
1: Since I don't know immediately what you're talking about, you may well be. What
0: the fuck is up with the pacing of this short?
1: I think the pacing of a lot of these is the problem. And I think
0: for Oh, it I bothers most me in Akakiri yeah. more than any other short. Because all the yeah. exciting stuff happens in the last five minutes.
1: Yeah, that is true. That That is when the the climax definitely is. I think... I think for a lot of the shorts I, I try to overlook the pacing because hey they have to pack a whole story into the 15-20 minutes and a lot of these I think are really meant to be meant to be a bit of a romp um yeah more than anything else but I, I definitely see where you are coming from
0: yeah because I, I don't know I just feel like he like I get the themes about temptation to the dark side I think they're great but I feel like it all happens a bit too fast. Hmm. I feel like he goes from Jedi to Sith just a little too quickly. I don't know what it is. I think I Tsubaki think is an interesting character. I think Masago is an interesting character. I think Misa, I think they're all interesting characters. I don't really understand what the point of those two guards at the beginning was. For the story, like I don't really understand why they were there, what they were trying to tell us about the story. Um, I don't really understand why a lot of that stuff through the mountains was there. It felt very, it, it felt very ancillary.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely felt like it lost focus. Yeah. At times, um, but I again, I, I don't think. It's the worst thing in the world, you know, just considering how much time and how much wiggle room these episodes have, which is not much. Um, but yeah, this definitely just wasn't my favorite episode, I think. Obviously, you know, Temptation to the Dark Side, always a, always a cool theme to explore. But what they did here, um, the twist at the end was cool. I can't deny it, but it just felt it just felt rudimentary um, compared to some of the explorations that we've seen. And I, I really do think that they could have done, even with the, the short um, time and constraints that they had, I really think they could have done uh, just a bit more.
0: You know, the Brillage Bride was a full five minutes longer than this. I'm not saying they needed five minutes. I'm saying, I think maybe give two more minutes at the end um, to detail Subaki's turn and I think it gets a little better I really do
1: well I mean to be fair Akakiri is 15 minutes TOB1 is also 15 minutes and I think that one feels TOB1 as a story feels far fuller and, and more well rounded um, and, and so does Ta- even though I don't like it very much so does Tatooine Rhapsody even Frankly, which is so also 15 minutes long or Isn't that one? Not. That was twenty two minutes long. That's oh, the longest. Okay. No, that's okay. actually the no, no. Sorry, the ninth Jedi is the longest, but yeah, it's the uh, it's the second longest. Second yeah. longest. I,
0: I feel like a lot of them feel more focused than this one. I feel like that there's just some stuff with the pacing that doesn't work for me. Again, I love the Samurai Jedi stuff. I love like like you know a lot of these are very much I feel like a lot of these very much are um Lop and Ocho feels this way. Um Toby One feels like feel like nods to the original trilogy. Yeah. And this is a very much a nod to the prequel trilogy.
1: Mm. Which is Yeah, I can see that. I can see that which is
0: which I think is really cool because I think that, you know I I, I like the generational thing from Star Wars. I like that, that, you know, there are people who think of the prequels the way that some people think of the originals. Like, I, I like that there's, I love that there's some people, you know, born in the 70s and 80s who, you know, the, the originals are their holy grail, and then, the, and then in the 90s and early 2000s, um, the prequels are that, and now in, and now um, born in, like, the early, mid-2000s, you know, the sequels are where they're at. And I, and, I, and I think it's really cool to see those generational, like, people taking those things from the generation of Star Wars that they love and they appreciate. Um,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, I was also thinking about this, you know, I don't know why I'm willing to spend more disbelief on this one than Toby one. I just feel like I kind of am, but, like, I think... In a, in a different story, the whole, like, bringing her back to life from death um, thing that Tsubaki does would bother me a bit more. Because, like, she was clearly already dead. It's not like she was dying. No, she was dead. But, I, 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 again, I think it would have bothered me more in maybe other stories, but I, I don't know. It, it felt like very much a, like, the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some considered to be unnatural. um yeah sort of thing
1: it's definitely an interesting episode no yeah i I definitely agree with what you said about the generational thing i think um a lot of these episodes to me really are the are um very redolent of the originals um you know because of those ones being the closest um the most closely um kind of inspired and Taken from um, some of the great, uh, the greatest samurai movies, um, but yeah, absolutely, the prequel trilogy I think um, plays a big role here, um, with you know the the temptation and and the fall um, into darkness, you know where the where the originals are more obviously about you know the the rise and return to the light.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I I I think that. I, I don't know, I just feel like this one's the most mixed bag for me.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely is a mixed bag for me. Um, definitely is a mixed bag for me as well. Um, yeah.
0: I wish I could say I like this one more, but um, but but no, there were some really interesting prequel um, allegories here. Uh, and and I and I and there was there was there was some stuff. I, I want to be completely clear. The, the Force visions I thought were very well executed. The general dark side stuff I thought was very well executed. Um, there is a lot of stuff that I really like in this. I think Subaki is a very good character. Um, Jacob, before we end this episode, um, I want to ask how you would rank the six episodes we've covered over the last two.
1: The six shorts. How would I rank the six episodes? That is a very good question. I think. At the number one spot, I would have to say TOB1 for sure. Um, I really enjoyed that episode a lot. Um, gosh, gosh, gosh. I think it's a big drop off from there. But I think then, number two, I think I would have to say The Village Bride. Number three, I would say The Elder. Number four would be. Hmm. See now to the bottom three. I'm I'm torn again. See number yeah, one two one number two the village bride number three the elder, number four I would say. Screw it I'm going with a. Um, Lopin Ocho number four, Akakiri, number five. And unfortunately, Tatooine Rhapsody and Six. Although they all had some uh, some redeeming qualities, and you know, I'm, I never want to, uh, I never want to, to make this um, more serious than it has to be. Those are just the ones that uh, that didn't really do it for me. Um,
0: yeah, I, I get it. Some Star Wars speaks to people differently than others. It's totally, it's totally natural. Mine probably would go, number one, The Elder, number two, The Village Bride, number three, Lop and Ocho, number four, Tatooine Rhapsody, number five, uh, Toby One, and number six, Akakiri. Um, I know I, 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 I mean, what I gotta say. I really love the, the lightsabers. I really do. I love the, the, the Jedi stuff and the um, Force-sensitive human no offense, Toby one. Maybe a little bit of offense, Toby one. Um, uh, stuff, you know, Elder and Village Bride and Lopin' Show. I, I, I really love those stories that are focused on those Jedi-ass characters in a very... Nobody could have seen that coming from me, really. Um, yep. Uh, so
1: it's very cool. Very cool.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be it. Um, for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Um, what are we doing next week? What are we doing next week? Next week, actually, I wanted to talk to you about this, Jacob. Uh, you're hey. not going to be in... No, you are going to be in town. No, wait, you're not going to be in town. Shit. Oh, yeah. Nope, never mind. I know what it is. Next week, I'm very excited. Next week, uh, first of all, we hope you all enjoyed... Epic Confrontation 3, Jared versus Alden. Um, uh, We're recording this on a Monday. It's going to come out this Wednesday. Uh, Very fun match. Congratulations to Alden Diaz on winning that match. Um, Also announced! Also announced! uh, In that... uh, Also announced in that... uh, session is that epic confrontation four is coming sooner rather than later um we are doing brian and mark from pink milk versus m and chase from pink milk uh so excited very excited for that um that's Uh, gonna be out august 9th (laughs) we're not going to release a weekly episode for the next one we're just gonna have the epic confrontation be our weekly release uh it'll release a few days after friday but uh but trust me you'll want to see it it's gonna be great we have not recorded it yet Uh, but I'm so very excited for it. Um, trying to think, what else? Um, but until then, uh, follow us on Twitter at In a Galaxy Pod. Uh, Instagram at Star Wars In a Galaxy. Uh, our trivia uh, Star Wars account is at In a Galaxy Trivia. My personal account is at ochifan327. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, we will be there. If, you, if we're not, email us, swinagalaxy@gmail.com at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help with our visibility. Um, and until next time, may the Force be with you. Always.